Arg. Welcome to the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to examining film from a screenplay writer's perspective. And also welcome to the season three finale. I'm your host uh, for this evening. My name is Marcelo in the show. Did you just forget your name? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> You're like, I'm your host. And I'm like, fuck, he's forgot his name. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Guys, I didn't forget my name. I was bowing to myself. Oh, shit. That's even better. But yeah. you know we can't see yeah, you because this is a podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously. Bowing your Seriously, guys? No, seriously? Seriously, I'm telling the truth, guys. I was bowing. I was, I was, I was giving you all a curtsy, but you can't see it. No. Anyway. Anyway, like, uh, like, like, my co- like my beautiful, intelligent co-host said, uh, my name is Marcelo Inestroza, and I am joined, as always, by my beautiful and intelligible co-host, Dean Stark. And on today's season finale, I, was, I almost said serious finale, it's but God well me. It's not going well for you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not going well at all. Okay. It's okay. all right. Listen, I got my, I've got my pom-poms out. I've written for you to finish the opening. Go for it. Go for it. Go, bring us home. Go. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, blah. On... Um, on um on on oh, Jesus Christ, my <laughs> lord! Whoo! Take a breath, people. Take a breath. Take okay. Um, on this edition of the show, we will be talking about the the. Oh wow! 20... <laughs> Damn it! Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't. What? No, seriously. I need a drink. I can't seriously. believe what's happening right now. Seriously, seriously, I have it right in front of my face. Oh my god! Okay, let's go. Okay, go, go. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. You can do this. Let's go. Okay. On this edition of the show, we will be talking about the 2010 film Insidious. So finally, thank Christ, I will kick it over. <laughs> To my trusty co-host to walk us through this film step by step. Thank God. That's the longest intro we've ever done. (laughs) But and the funniest. That's gold. That's liquid podcast gold. Right fucking there. Liquid gold. It's fucking liquid gold. So as Marcelo tried to say, we're doing Insidious. We are 2010. It was directed by the wonderful James Wan, and it was written by one of my favorite screenwriters, Lee Wanell, if you don't know him. If you don't know James Wan, they are the Saw boys. They created Saw. They wrote and directed Saw. And this is the premise of Insidious. A family looks to prevent evil spirits from trapping their comatose child in a realm called the Further. So the opening scene is really quick and you don't understand what the opening scene means until literally like the end of the movie, but I'm going to say it anyway. So we see a child sleeping and James pans the camera through the house and settles on, there's like a creepy old woman standing in the corner with a black veil holding a candle and that's it. And then it goes to the um, title insidious with very very stressful <laughs> violin music and if you're in the cinema like i was i think i was in the cinema oh. um i was i think it scared the shit out of me but anyway 
That was the opening <laughs> scene. And I'm I'm sure that there was a lot of because you had never seen this before and I was like, Oh, no. I know what scene oh, is going no. to make his heart absolutely stop and I bet you screamed at the top of your lungs. Yeah, no. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. But I thought, oh my yeah, God, no. he's picked Insidious. He hasn't seen it. I hope he doesn't watch it at night because it's so fucking creepy. Anyway, what did you think about the opening scene? No, uh, before b- before I tell you my thoughts, I just want to just tell you a little bit, a little bit of extra before I tell you my sure. initial thoughts on the opening scene. Uh, guys and Dean. Yes. The only reason I picked this movie is because of one thing that's not in the movie. <laughs> because you thought it was The Conjuring. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was the contrary. <laughs> so what? It, and, so, uh, so, so why? Okay, so you said to me, because I, I asked you why did you pick Insidious, and you said because of the scene where the hands come out of the darkness and they clap, yeah, and but, I had to yeah. be the bearer of bad news and tell him that is actually the Conjuring that is not Insidious, yeah. and you literally went into the fetal <sighs> position. You could not believe the error of your ways. But yeah, I was so pissed. But you know what? To me, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to fucking say it. I think Insidious is better than the Conjuring, so I'm happy that you fucked no, up. You, <laughs> it was no, a good fuck up. You, no, you know what? After seeing this movie, I I am. I am happy in the, I am happy that I made a mistake as I often do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I really think that this this opening to this film is very, very subtle and it's very, very creepy. And like Dean said, you really don't understand it until you get to the very end of the movie. I really like in horror movies when car- when 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 the lighting and 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 the atmosphere really really conveys a specific feeling. And in this film, James Wan does a great job with his camera movement. It's very subtle. It's very, very, very creepy. It's almost like the camera is creeping around places that it shouldn't be. Mm, mm-hmm. um, also, also, I found it really, really unsettling when the camera goes through the main room and then goes like, to sort of the back room mm. and the, the 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 room in the back, and you see the. You see the image of the of the old woman wearing the, that that creeped me the fuck out. Oh yeah, and uh, and the and the violin music. I was like, fuck no, <laughs> it's too much, isn't it? But <laughs> but like Dean said, what happened in that scene was nothing compared to what happened to me in a, in in a couple of minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we'll 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 get there. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what happened uh, to you specifically. So, look, James Wan does an amazing job at directing this movie. He is a phenomenal horror director. The way that he, like you said, the way that he moves the camera, and you'll notice that in most, okay, most of the movie takes place in the house. And when he uses shots, he actually, all the doors are open when he moves the camera through the house, which is unusual. Usually in horror movies the doors are closed because obviously it takes more time to set, decorate, but all, every single fucking door is is open and he's so good at directing horror scene one and we're with uh rose Byrne, who plays renee and she wakes up uh, next to a man who is uh played is josh played by patrick wilson and she goes downstairs and the way that james moves the camera all the open doors i don't know if you noticed this but there's a little ghost boy that he puts strategic strategically in the background and if you don't know he's there, you don't know he's there. I caught him twice 
in the background because he just pans across. It's not, it's, he's so subtle. He, I love the way that he did this. When Rose Byrne walks down the stairs, there's an open crack of a door behind her. Now the camera is on her and she walks into, he pans in and she walks into the kitchen. But in the crack of the door behind her, there's actually a little boy standing there, the little ghost boy that comes back later. And not many people know this. And if anybody, you can leave a comment if you're on YouTube, if anybody has seen any more instances, I tried to catch him. I only saw him twice. But if anybody saw him any more times, then um, you can write it down in the comments. But I only really saw him twice. And I love that he did that because he didn't, he didn't focus on it. It was focused on Rose Byrne. And if you saw it, you saw it. And if you didn't, you didn't. It doesn't matter to the story. It's just a spooky thing. He was in the background. He was, he was in the room. In the crack of the, in standing yeah. in the crack of the door. So yeah, 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 yeah. But he wasn't the he wasn't the primary he wasn't the primary focus of James' attention at the time. He was just in the background. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah. she goes downstairs. There's boxes everywhere, so you can tell they've just moved in. She's going through the photo album, and it shows that you know there's a marriage photo with her and um, uh, Josh Patrick Wilson. She puts books on a shelf, and then the sun comes down. Dalton, and he says he can't sleep. And, you know, she's just like, oh, you know, it's a new house, which is like legitimate. Like any kid in a new house is kind of like not going to be able to sleep properly because they're not used to it. So I understand that she was a bit standoffish, like, oh, you know, it's just a new house. Like you get used to it. So we're in the kitchen and Renee's on the phone and it's so funny. I love how Lee wrote this. So they've got a baby. The baby's in the high chair. Dalton and his brother Foster are kind of being because they're what like like nine or ten, and they're kind of just being boys. And she's on the phone. <laughs> she's like, "Talk to an agent. Talk to an agent." Like she, like she, when you're on the phone, you call someone up. Like press one if you want to talk to an agent. Say you want to talk to an agent. And she's the whole scene is just her going, "Talk to an agent." And I can feel her frustration because I know what it's like. <laughs> To, to be on the phone and to not be able to speak to an actual like human being. So uh, she goes into the lounge room and she sees the books that she put on the shelf are now scattered on the floor. And she asks Dalton, like, can you not touch my books? And he's like, no, I didn't touch your books. And that's number one. That's the first sign that something's wrong. But we're at the beginning of the movie. So you think maybe he did it if you don't know what you're watching. But maybe he did it, maybe he didn't. But that's the first kind of thing that happens. And then Josh, Patrick Wilson, he comes down and he's ready to go to work. And he says, look, I can't drop drop the boys at school. You're going to have to do it. I have to go to work. He's a school teacher. And so I like that scene because it shows she's overwhelmed. She's stressed. She really doesn't get help from the husband. And you know she's going to be alone for that day except for the baby. So there's the boys are at school, he's at work, she's in a brand new house, she's got to put everything together and she's got the baby. So I liked that scene. That was long-winded. But I like and and creepy shit happened. Two creepy things happened that maybe you wouldn't think that were creepy, that were creepy if you've seen it multiple times. But anyway, what do you think? Uh firstly, I did not notice the ghost boy in the door the first time out, but the next mm-hmm. time that he pops up, I I did notice him and he created the shit out of me because it was so odd. Because during that scene, which we'll get to it, mm. uh, James was focusing on something else, and all of a sudden, just past the screen goes this little goes this little thing, and I'm like, "The hell is that?" Um, is that when so he's running, I, or when he's standing still? Uh, I, no, I I believe it's when he's running. 
Okay. I it's so you time. missed the second time where he's standing still and it's really fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll okay, tell okay. you. I'll tell you. See if you caught it. Okay, anyway, I'm okay, sorry. Continue. Okay. Okay. I missed that. So, I so so I so I really like that uh, James and Lee Winnell put that little thing there just to to just for an extra creep factor. But I also really like the writing of the scene because uh, the writer Lee Winnell establishes that this family just moved into the house by showing the house in all disarray, and also they establish, like Dean said. Um, the mother uh, has all these responsibilities. She's dealing with dumb customer service shit that that a, a, you know that anyone um, anyone at any time in their lives has has dealt with before. So I found that to be very very relatable. Uh, mm. When the husband came downstairs and said, "I have to go to work," and basically left her there with with her kids and all this shit. I was like, God, you can be a little bit more understanding. But again, everything in this scene was just set up for for the fact that, you know, uh, uh, everything in the scene was to give us an idea of what her life is like at the moment. And I thought it was very, very well done. It was very, very well economical. And that last scene with her going in the other with her going in the room and noticing that the that the that the books were on the floor or were was a nice little tip of the cap that something might be a little bit off but if you're seeing this movie for the first time you don't necessarily pick up on that like mm-hmm. I didn't yeah no that's true so moving on Renee is it's in the middle of the day the boys are at school Josh is at work baby's asleep and she's on the piano and she's playing, she's, she's, she's a, she writes music and she's just, she's singing, she's playing and she's got the baby monitor on the top of the piano and she starts, it starts going off and she's like, mm, okay. And so. Why would you. What? Whoa, whoa. I, I just really quick. Yeah. Like, can you just explain to mm. me the logic of having a baby monitor on top of a piano? Because if you're playing the piano, won't the music of the piano drown out the ba- baby monitor? No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. Go on. So the baby monitor goes off. So she goes to check and, you know, that's during the day. There's nothing. The baby's standing up. She goes, oh, okay, okay. She puts the baby down back to sleep. Nothing creepy. And then she goes to walk down the stairs and she hears a noise coming from the attic. And she's like, okay. So she goes up the stairs and turns the light on and... And there's a there's a ladder there which she she I think she tries to climb up it but then one of the one of the what are the the railing snaps because it's like old wood, and she looks around the attic and there's nothing and she just goes back downstairs and that that scene by Lee Winnell was a homage to The Exorcist because that exact same mm-hmm. scene real not exactly but that scene was yep. in The Exorcist. I love that he does what Kevin does he takes bits and pieces from classic movies and he redoes them for modern audiences mm. that wouldn't necessarily pick up on it. But um, I liked that scene, not because of that, but because it shows what's the noise. Like 
Because in horror movies, what you do is you don't just come out, the demon doesn't just come out in scene one. You have to work up to it slowly. Little things happen that you dismiss. Oh, it was just a noise. Oh, the it's the piping. Oh, it's an old house. Like there's things that you just dismiss. You know, oh, okay, Dalton pushed the books off. Oh, okay, it's just an old house. The, the attic's making a noise. But then it ramps up to a point where you just go, uh, there's no more excuses left. What the fuck is going on? Which is exactly what this movie does. And it's exactly what every paranormal movie should be doing so what say you about that scene no um i first of all i just want to say that um it's really really important in horror movies to build up the tension by not showing the big beastie or not showing for the for for this conversation jaws if you can use your environment that you have your characters in to creep the shit out of people without really showing anything, you are a step ahead of the game because there are horror movies that forget that rule and they just give you horrible, horrible imagery from moment one. And that's not, that is not worth a damn because here's the thing. I've, I said it in the exorcist review. Um, and I've, I think I've said it with other horror movies that we've talked about on this channel. A hundred times, a hundred times more. Listen, uh, if um, if if you can make your audience feel like something is around their corner, if you can make your if you can make the audience feel that something is around the corner that isn't really there, a hundred look, uh, they they will be a hundred more uh, shit. They will be a hundred times more terrified than if you show them a scary monster by just indicating that something bad is about to happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is the proper way that you scare the shit out of somebody by expectation, not showing them something right away. Yeah. Um, I really like the, uh, the, the, the scene when she goes into the attic because I kid you not, I thought of, I thought of the exorcist. I was yeah. like, huh, yeah. he's doing the exorcist. I really, really like that i also really liked that there's creepy noises and i i i again i said i said it in the opening i like the fact that james wan uses the atmosphere of the house to he, he almost uses it as a second character yes yes are you done yes i'm done sorry okay. <laughs> i was like is that a pause or is he done? <laughs> no, I'm done. Okay, okay. I'm done. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm okay, done. okay. So now we're with Dalton, the 10-year-old son, and he's at the top of the stairs sitting just outside the attic door. And the attic door opens behind him and he kind of looks and then he goes up because kids kids aren't scared. They're inquisitive. It's not like like if you're an adult and a door just opened up behind you, kids I'd be out. I'd be out. I'd be running. I'd be halfway down the street by the time the door fully opened. Kids. Like. Kids, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, I look. I'm, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. God bless, uh, uh, kids. But kids are dumb, man. It's not that kids are dumb. Kids don't have fear, and kids, kids aren't taught to be afraid of the paranormal. They don't even know what the paranormal are or is. They don't know what not ghosts yet. are. So if a door opens, they're like, "Oh, okay, cool." There's no fear, no shits are given. Which is one of the things I like about kids, is that they live their lives without fear, and it's only when Oblivious. you get to an adult that all these fears come in and they stop you from, from, from doing a lot of stuff. So I do understand no, why I mean, he went up. 
And then yeah, he turns I mean, on the I, light. Oh, sorry. Go. No, I know. I just want to say that um, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, you have hope, and 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 you and you see the world with 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 rose tinted glasses. Mm. When you're adult, you realize that the world isn't what you thought it was. Yeah. And that's when that's when things start to get really complicated for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So he goes up the stairs and he turns on the light and he tries to climb up the ladder. But the ladder, one of the rungs is broken and he falls back, but he's fine. He doesn't scream or anything. He doesn't, he's like totally fine. And then James does a beautiful shot of darkness and it's of, it's of Dalton's point of view and he's looking into the darkness and, and then we have a shot of downstairs and um, the mom and the dad, Renee and Josh just hear this screaming from Dalton. They race up to the attic and they think, because he's fallen from the ladder, they think that's why he's screaming. They're like, oh, did you hurt yourself? Did you break anything? But we know that that's not why he's screaming because initially when he fell, he was fine. We know he's screaming because he saw something in the darkness, but they don't know that, and I love that scene. Yeah, first of all, uh, look, I love you, James Wan, but fuck you for giving us a shot of darkness for like 20 seconds. Oh, I hate you. Love it, love it. Yours, you're so fucked up. <laughs> I was just seriously, seriously. I was just waiting for something to jump out to come out. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, but but you know, you know. But to his credit, like I said, expectation, right? It's mm. all about expectation mm. that something's going to come out there. Yep. And James Wan and Lee Winnell achieve exactly what they want by not doing a single thing except showing us a dark hallway. Um, listen. I like seriously. The second that that door opened up uh, behind the kid, and he tried to go up into the attic, but he fell backwards. I was like, you know what? <sighs> it serves you right for going into a place that a door ma- opened up magically and did all this stuff. When he was, um, when when James Wan went back downstairs for a minute, and he started screaming, I was like. Hmm, this is interesting. So I was wondering, did did he like get sucked into the darkness and then spat back out? But 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 um but but what actually happened was something a lot more subtle. But I thought that I thought that that scene was very effective because mm-hmm. of the fact that James Wan showed us something without showing us anything. Exactly. Uh, wh- exactly. Which I thought, which I thought was a mark of a good horror director. It's mastery. Really. It's Wes Craven yeah. shit. It's mastery. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, well, there is there is a short scene next, and it's a really nice scene between Renee and Josh, and they're, in ju- they're just in bed. You know, I have to point something out. I don't know why, and I, I think it's male writers that do this. I, I Don't hold me to that, but I think it is. But every time there's a scene of a husband and wife going to bed, the wife is always putting mm. moisturizing cream on her hands. I don't know why the male writers keep doing this. It's a really nice scene and it shows that they have a solid loving relationship. You know, they're really cutesy and it's great that they showed this because their relationship really goes downhill. But it's to show there's no friction, they don't fight, they don't argue, they they love each other. It's just a cutesy scene. So what do you think about that scene, bar the moisturizing thing? No, it's no, uh, bar bar the stupid moisturizer, it's a very, very good scene because like Dean said, it shows us that they are a united front at the moment yeah. and 
they love each other, they care for each other, and they support each other. And mm-hmm. it's going to be really fun to see that relationship break and erode throughout yeah. the course of this movie. Yeah. So the next scene is... Which is, which is... which is really sad, by the way. It is really sad. Rose Byrne and Patrick Wilson, has, Wilson have really great chemistry, and I buy it that they're in love. I buy it that they're husband mm-hmm. and wife. And so when they started, like, having cracks in their relationship, I'm like, oh, no, that fucking sucks. They're <laughs> such a good couple. <laughs> Everybody's all asleep. And Dalton... We go into Dalton's room, and there's... There's we see Dalton sleeping and there's a there's a window. He's on the second floor. There's a window and there's trees outside. Now James holds on the window for a good five, six seconds. Yep. And if you if you pa- now not everybody can can see this, right? Because it's so subtle. But if you pause it, you can actually see something outside his window. It's really subtle, but you can see it. And that's why James stops on the window for so long. But it's really – did you see it? Nope. No. So you missed, you're missing all I the kept, great shit. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Now now that you're pointing this shit out, I'm, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> going to want to go back and see all this shit. I think a lot of people are going to go, what the fuck? I have to go back and watch this movie. Listen, James Wan, Lee Wanell, you can thank us right now for boosting Insidious on Netflix, okay? Because there's going to yeah, be a yeah, fuckload of people watching it going, yeah, where's this ghost boy and is there something outside his window? Yes, there is, and yes, there is. So what did you think about that short scene that you saw nothing in, but there was something? <laughs> yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah, listen, listen. Again, James Wan is a master of, of showing us nothing. Mm. Um, he, he, no, he is, a, he is a master of showing us nothing. Mm. But on the other hand, he is a master of showing us everything by holding on this shot of the boy's window for like five seconds. I was sitting there going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, that's a wasted shot. But <laughs> after after hearing what you just said, I'm like, no, that's not a wasted shot. That's purposeable. Do you know, I've seen this movie, I think this is the second time or third time I've watched it. And this is the first time I've actually seen something because I'm reviewing it, because I'm I'm taking notes. I actually went, no, there's a reason why he stopped on the window. So I paused Mm -hmm. it. It's like like I'm squinting. I'm like, is there something there? And then when you see it, you're like, oh, there's something there. (laughs) So I never saw it the first time either. So I forgive people for not seeing it, but it is there and it is fucking creepy because Dalton is on the second floor. That's why it's creepy. (laughs) After that scene, next morning, Josh comes in, tries to wake Dalton up to go to school, and he's unresponsive. He won't wake up. And then we go to the hospital and the doctors say that he's in a coma, but not any coma that he's ever seen. He doesn't know what caused it. They have to do all these tests. And, yeah, he just says, I have no idea. Isn't that great when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been there before where the doctor goes, I don't know. And I'm like, but fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, um, if there's anyone, if there's anyone who knows the perils and trials and tribulations of being told by doctors that they don't know and that they're just going to use your body as a fucking Petri dish to find shit out. It's yeah. me. Cause I've been, yeah. I, I've been in that position multiple times in my life. So now we go to three months later. And Dalton is at home and he's in his hospital bed. He's still in a coma. He's got an IV set up. He's got a nurse there. And the doctors still don't know why he's not waking up. They have no fucking clue. So Josh is at work and Renee's on the piano again. 
and she's got the baby monitor there and she starts hearing mumbling on the baby monitor, a man mumbling, and she brings the baby monitor a bit closer and we, we, you can't mm. hear what this person is saying. It just sounds like mumbling. Oh, it's like, so what? weird. It's so weird. And at first, if you're first watching this movie, it it, uh, it could be interference. I mean, it could because baby monitors, they pick up different frequencies. It could so. be white noise. It could be white noise. It could be picking up a phone call. It could be anything, which is why she didn't immediately think that there was a problem because those things do pick up other frequencies. So I do understand why it took her so long to go upstairs. And so the mumbling's continuing. She's like, what the hell is that? And then a man screams into the baby monitor and she just fucking guns it. She races upstairs to the baby and... Oh, fuck that. And the baby's there. Nobody's there. Nobody's in the room. The baby's just there. She checks the door. She checks out nothing. There's nothing. And it's just like, fuck. But even then, again, you think maybe it just picked up a phone call because I've heard baby monitors do that before. Even when we used to use like landlines, uh, when I used to Mm. talk to my friends or talk to whoever on the landline, sometimes it would pick up other phone conversations and you could listen into other phone conversations while talking. It was the weirdest shit, but when it happened, it was the funniest shit. (laughs) But anyway, um, that's that scene. Tell me what you think. Yeah, no, that scene pissed me off a whole bunch because when she brought the monitor up to her ear and then the the guy or whatever the fuck screamed, I I almost fell out of the chair, my chair, because I was like, fuck, really? That was unnecessary. Oh, that's not even the worst of it. (laughs) No, that's not even the worst of it. We're going to get there. (laughs) Yeah. We are. But, but but seriously, I almost fell out of my fucking chair, mm. and I needed I needed a minute because I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, I'm gonna pause you and just walk around the room and curse your name and effigy for a couple minutes. But after I did that, I was okay. Mm. Um, when she did go upstairs and found the baby there and looked and looked around, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, okay. But you know what? At that point, I was thinking. This has to be some sort of like a poltergeist or yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Because because if this was something if this was somebody really if this was uh entity really fucked up, mm. this entity would have really killed somebody already. But I'm like maybe maybe that's not what they want. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe they just want to see these people suffer for yeah. some fucked up reason. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Renee is uh later on Renee is speaking with her son, Foster, because Dalton's in, in a coma. And Dalton's room is just across from Foster's room. And he says, Mom, I want to change my room. I'm scared at night. And I love, I love this line of dialogue. It's so creepy. And she goes, why? And Foster says, because I don't like it when Dalton walks around at night. Cue the creepy <laughs> shit. And you're just like, oh, what the fuck? Because he's in, obviously what? he's in a coma what? and you're like, whoa, no, that's creepy. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it. So anyway, tell me, tell me because I love that scene. It's so fucking creepy. The other thing that I was thinking the second after he said that, I got I got uh, chills up and down my spine, number one. And the second thing I was thinking, I was like, oh, God, bless me. I didn't watch this movie uh, in the middle of the night because if I did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to sleep. <laughs> I would not do that. And I'm a horror person. <laughs> no. Yeah, but also, you know, but also that's a wonderful, wonderful line. And it's, uh, you know, you know what I like, you know what I like about horror movies? You see, so you see this a lot mm-hmm. in horror movies, um, specifically American ones. Kids have a very interesting relationship with ghosts, goblins, and demons. Mm-hmm. Throughout horror movies, mm. 
sometimes the kids have more of an idea of what's actually happening than the adults do. Yeah. And I really like that because it's almost like the writers and the directors of these films feel that the ghosts or the ghosts or the goblins or what have you feel a connection with the kids more than they do the, more than they do the adults. And the reason for that is because the mind of a child is open and pliable Mm. and can be changed and it can be twisted. Mm. And adults' minds are, are more, are more rigid and, 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 and unmovable. Mm. And, um, I really, I really thought that during this scene for some specific reason, but that line of him asking his mother if he could change rooms because his, his brother who's in a coma, why is there wind coming in my room right now? Um, it's so creepy. Um, <laughs> keeps walking, ar- keeps walking around. Why is there fucking wind? This is really creepy. Um, Maybe it's windy outside. Yeah, no, but no, but it's they, um, no. All the doors are all the. There's no open. It's so weird. Um, all the no, it's the air conditioning. Sorry. Um, yeah, that that was just a creepy line. It 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 really made me unsettling, and it, it gave me uh, goosebumps up and down my spine. Can I tell you something? Going off of the yes. the wind thing, right? The yes. first time I watched The Conjuring, I didn't watch it in the cinema, I watched it at home. I watched the movie and I went into my room and I felt something on my shoulder and I was like, Ooh. what is that? I looked in the mirror and there were, this is not a joke. I'm not making this up. I don't lie. Two scratch marks down my shoulder, red. And I oh. was like, what? Like on my oh back. My and I what? showed my mom. I was like, what is this? She goes, oh, you scratched yourself. I said, how? I'm a contortionist now. And it burned <laughs> so, so badly. And it was after I watched the first Conjuring and it just appeared on my right shoulder and it freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> Josh and Renee are in bed and they hear a knock at the front door. And it's like fucking 2 o'clock in the morning. And Josh goes to check. And there's nothing. And he looks outside and there's nobody standing outside. He opens the front door. There's nobody there. He closes the door. He locks it. He puts the alarm on. And then the baby starts crying. And Renee, and this is the first time when I was in the cinema that I nearly died. <laughs> Everything up until now I could handle. And this this shot of when Renee walks into, James follows her, right, with the camera. He I don't, there's only a few shots where the camera is still. He uses a steady cam for like a lot of the shots or a dolly. And when she goes into the baby's room, the crib is there and there's a fucking guy standing behind the crib very faintly and it scared the shit out of me. He's got this white face and this black hair. Only just see him. Scares the shit out of me. And she sees him. She freaks out. She grabs the baby and then the house alarm goes off and then Josh goes downstairs and the door is wide open and he's searching around the house and there's nobody in the house and he turns the alarm off uh, and then and there's nobody and it's like, what the fuck is going on? And that's the first time where you go, something's wrong. (laughs) But that shot. Really? That shot of that guy, that, that, oh, my God, that, that, that gave me chills, man. No, no, actually, that scared the crap out of me, and I had to—I've st- already saw this movie twice. Um, <laughs> and you picked it <laughs> because the second—look, look, look—the second that James Wan 
did did the dollar shot following her into the room and then you see the very faint guy standing behind the crib with the white face and the fucking that guy scared the shit out of me on my I know but multiple times throughout this movie guys I keep I kept thinking I kept saying I, I kept saying to myself Oh fucking for God's sakes! Why did you pick this fucking movie? You're not gonna your 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 blood pressure is going through the roof. Why are you doing this to yourself? Well, The Conjuring's not much better. That's scary too. So yeah, take your pick. Yeah, but uh, you know, but but look, 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 look. At the end of it, I was really happy that I watched it. Oh yeah, because the directing and the writing in this movie Top is on point, and it's so deli- it's so delightfully good. Yes. Yes. So now we're with Josh. It's the next night and he's at work. He's a school teacher and he calls Renee and she doesn't answer. And she leaves, he leaves a voicemail message saying he's got a grade papers. He's, he's just, he's going to be late. And then he starts having flashbacks of a boy asleep in bed. And this is the same boy from the opening scene. Now there's not much, there's just one or two flashes and you still don't know what's going on and you don't actually know that this is the boy from the beginning until like later on but spoiler alert it's the boy from the beginning uh and that's that scene so what do you think short short but sweet yeah yeah no no no. i no, i no. the only thing i'll say about this is i think this is a hat on the ground and i was right because it is yeah it's the only scene that's not scary in the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, but other thing, uh, you know, other the, the other thing I was thinking, I was like, oh god, please don't, please don't, please don't make my blood pressure go up. And I was, when I watched it, I was like, oh, thank god. Oh, it will it's go just up. Him saying there, it will go nothing, up. Nothing. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, for now, I'm good. My blood pressure is okay. Yep, we're good. We can we can do this. We're good. So now, uh, so Renee is by Dalton's bedside. She's kind of just talking to him. He's still in a coma, and she pulls back his sheets. And sees there's a oh. bloody handprint in the form of like a demon, and he doesn't oh. have cuts on him or any. Obviously, he hasn't moved, and she's just and you're just like what? So now it's ramping up. It's ramping up, and I mean that's a short scene. But what did you think about that before I move on? No, no, no. This is no. This is just really cr- creepy and disturbing. Yeah, and I'm really happy that I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, because <laughs> <laughs> if I was, this shit would make me really questioned like i just it's just it's just uh, the 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 wonderful thing about horror movies a bunch of horror movies and you'll have to tell me if you feel this way too mm. but the the thing that makes them more uncomfortable is that all this shit happens to kids and you're like yeah what the and you're like what there's something so unsettling and something so uncomfortable when bad stuff happens to kids in horror films yeah that's the point and you're like <laughs> yeah and you're like and you're like, this is awful and unsettling and I don't like it, but I think I think that's the point. <laughs> that's the point because it's putting vulnerable people in situations where they can't defend themselves. It's like right, it's right, like right. A, a kid and an old person. Nobody wants to see a kid die or like an 80-year-old person fucking or, die. Or, nobody wants to see or, or, or nobody wants to see a disabled person get killed either. I don't think... Uh, have you ever seen a movie where a disabled people person has gotten killed? That, no. No. You said something about, thank God you're not a Catholic anymore, right? But I want to ask you something yeah. from a, an atheist's perspective. Mm-hmm. If, if this was your kid and same scenario, you pull back the sheets and there was that print on it, what would you think? Um, to be honest, I don't know what, I, I, I wouldn't know what to think. I would be really, really freaked out. 
Right. And I would actually, I would actually check my, I would actually check my kid furiously to see if he had any cuts or any bruises or anything because I wouldn't know how to explain that. Right. 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 Okay. So Josh comes home, and Renee is sitting on the porch. And she obviously just does not want to be in the fucking house anymore. She's telling him she thinks the house is haunted. And, of course, this is how every horror movie goes. The spouse never fucking believes them and it pisses me off. Oh, no, you're just stressed. You're at home all day with the baby. You're just, you know, blah, blah, blah. It just one time I want to see a movie where, where the wife or the husband goes, I think I saw a ghost, and the spouse goes, did you? Tell me about it. <laughs> fucking tell me. Not, no, no you other, didn't. No, That's no, so fucking no, annoying. No, no, but the other thing is that he could be, he could be receptive and he could, and he could listen to his wife and he could entertain the idea that his wife or the house has some issues with it. Mm. But the fact that, the fact that he immediately goes to, oh no, you're crazy, that is a really annoying trope that happens in horror movies and thrillers that I don't really like either. They do it to create drama. I know that movies are all about drama. I get that. But what Lee Winnell does here is he's put the trope in, but he's also put a reason for it because she brings up, why have you been working late? Like he's not cheating. He's literally working late. He's like, oh, no, I have all this work to do. And she basically calls bullshit. She goes, you do this every time when you don't want to deal with something, you block it out and you just dismiss it. That's why. That is why he's dismissing what she's saying because he doesn't want to deal with it. So he actually uses the trope, but then he uses a reason why he's using the trope. Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. I was, I, no, I was just, I, I was going to say exactly what you said because yeah. he doesn't want to deal yeah. with the fact that his son got mysteriously put into coma. He doesn't want to deal with that bullshit. So yeah. he isolates himself from his family yeah. because he doesn't want to deal with the pain and he doesn't want to confront it yes he doesn't want to confront it head on exactly exactly so because they've had an argument josh is now sleeping downstairs on the couch he's been banished to the couch and he's having more random weird flashbacks and renee wakes up in the middle of the night and she sees a shadow of a man kind of on her balcony i guess just outside the window she's on the second floor but she's got like a little balcony and he's pacing back and forth and it's just like, what the fuck? And if you woke up and you saw one, someone pacing back and forth outside your second story window, fuck that. Oh. I'm out. <laughs> but no, then, but I, kept, I kept. Yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. Seriously, seriously, I'm sorry. No, go. I kept thinking, what the fuck are these people doing in this house? <laughs> oh, my God. It was just like, because nothing has happened so bad that they need to go. Like it's like it's not just yet. creepy shit. No, not yet. It's just creepy shit, but not so bad that they have to pick up and go. So there's a shadow of a man pacing outside her window, and it's just like, what the fuck? And then the editing is so good because he's pacing back and forth outside the window, and now he's in her room. But the editing oh. is so seamless. It's so perfect. That I don't even oh, know how they did yeah. that, but it's so perfect and it's filmed so fucking well. And James Wan just does oh. it, just, just, just. Oh my god, he's just so good in this movie. And now he's in her room, and he just looks straight at her, and it's the same guy that oh. was in the crib room. And oh, he just it. lunges at her, and she's screaming. And then Josh runs up the stairs, and then the man is gone. And oh, she said, it. and she said to me, she said to me, <laughs> she's talking to me now. She said to me, oh, yeah, she's, she's talking to me what through, the she movie, through the movie. She says, she says, Dean, I'm having a great time. <laughs> no, 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 listen, listen. <laughs> she's talking to Josh and she says to him, there was a man in here. There was a man in here. Please, 
please believe me. Please don't dismiss what I'm saying. There was a man in here. Please believe me. And he says, okay, I do, I do, I do. And she just says, I can't live here anymore. And they decide to to move. That's when they decide, fuck this, we got to move the house. So, thoughts? This scene is tremendously creepy. And like Dean said, the editing is done so well that when she wakes up for the first time, you see this guy sort of walking and and you know pacing. It's so strange, but like Dean said, the editing is so seamless. When he comes into the room and he lunges at her, I'm like, fuck no. Fuck no. God, that's so creepy. My blood pressure went up. I didn't fall out of my chair, but it scared the shit out of me. It, it, it really, really did. Everything in this fucking movie is scaring the shit out of me. It's scaring the shit out of me. Yeah. It's scaring the shit out of me. At this point, no lie, I was listening to this movie in my head. I have my AirPods in. I, I cannot watch this movie anymore with my AirPods in. No. So I took them. I took them out. I lowered. The, I lowered the volume down to ten percent, mm. and I turned on the subtitles because I couldn't. I couldn't take it anymore. I, no, I, I physically. I, no, I physically. I physically. I could barely hear the movie anymore, and I had to read the rest of the movie because I. I couldn't take it. Oh, my God. This is the movie that broke you. This is the horror movie that broke Marcelo. <laughs> and it was your pick. Yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't take it. I oh, I couldn't take it. It was driving me nuts. And also, also, the, that scene that, we're, that we've mentioned is coming, I oh, believe. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about it. No, yet. no, no. It's no, coming. No. It's coming. Look, there are good horror movies and there are great horror movies. This is a great horror movie. Every single horror movie that you've ever watched, Marcelo, if you didn't have this reaction, it's not a good one. Because yeah. this is what no, horror should do. It should make you turn the sound no, down. It should make you put subtitles no, on. Yeah. No, but no, but the thing is, I I um you've you've really cultivated my mind to really, really good horror movies. Like like hmm. like just just to FYI, Dina's made me some amazing lists with some amazing horror films on them and i've really enjoyed them but this is the first horror movie that uh, that uh we've that i've watched that really has made me uncomfortable if you feel uncomfortable Um, watching this movie you should watch sinister a movie that i've seen once and i will never watch again because it just scarred me for life so okay ethan hawk go forth but i think that this movie uh struck a particular core with me and it just made me really uncomfortable and it didn't Mm. stop until the end literally They move into a new house and we meet Josh's mum and she's really nice. She's helping Renee unpack. Josh is at work and she's really consoling to Renee and saying, look, don't worry about it. Don't worry about Josh. You know, you're doing the best. She's just nice. She's a nurturing mum. She's nice. She's not one of those, you know, um, step parents where you're just like, oh, I can't stand them. She's just nice. You just, you like her instantly. And uh, that's that scene. So you can tell me what you think before I move on. Yeah, no, it would listen, listen, it was really smart for them to get the fuck out of the house. And I really enjoyed that um she has a really nice uh uh mother in law. Because usually in movies, mother in laws are assholes. Oh yeah. And they and, and they don't like their daughter in laws because mm. they they believe that their daughter in laws have taken away their yeah, little boys. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's really it's really nice to see a positive mother-in-law who is nurturing, who is helping, who is just there to help out their family member get over this difficult time in their lives or yeah. whatever it is they're going through. Yeah. Because you don't you, because you don't often see that in movies or TV shows. No, you don't. You don't. So it was a nice it was a nice change, but Josh's mum um propels the movie forward 
shall we say. Without her, the movie goes nowhere. It goes into a ditch. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's the one that pushes yeah. it forward. So no, also, but yeah, but also, but but also, that was really to me. Just one more thing. I'm sorry for stepping on you there. No, good. To me, that was really unexpected because I, I thought that this person was going to just show up for a minute mm, and yeah. then sort of and sort of, and then sort of walk out stage left and we'll never <laughs> see her again. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that so the fact that Lee Winnell used this character to push the movie forward mm. and to get it going and to not lurch into a ditch i found really interesting yeah i did too so we're with renee she's by herself she's in the house and james follows her uses another steady cam shot and he he follows her through the house she's in the living room no she goes into the foster's room she goes into dalton's he just follows her and you and you just think oh you just she's you're just following her around the house doing random things until the little ghost boy shows up in the background again and oh. it is when she's she's walked into the laundry and she's putting Foster's clothes in the laundry and he's standing there facing the wall in the corner. And if you don't see it, you don't see it. But he's there. <laughs> and James focuses on Rose Byrne and he doesn't focus on the boy standing in the corner. He just focuses on her and you're like, oh, okay, she's just walking through the house. And if you just look to your left, you can see him standing yeah. in the corner. But it doesn't. he doesn't draw attention to it. So that's the second no. time that you see a little ghost boy. And that and if you see him when you're watching this movie, it, it doesn't scare you because he doesn't do anything. He's just facing the wall. But what it does do is it tells you, oh no, you you we saw him in the other house in the doorway if you spotted him. And this is this is kind of um James Wan and Lee mm-hmm. Wanell's way of saying um moving house didn't do shit because we followed you. <laughs> no but the, yeah no but that no but also also that's a really really good point that the that the ghost boy in the corner really tells you that it wasn't the house so whatever what whatever was in that house is following these people and is not beholden to the house yes did you see it, him in that shot uh yes i did yes yes yeah and it and it and it fucking creeped me out <laughs> um but you know, but you know why? Do you know why this kid creeps me out? He doesn't do anything. He just fucking is there. Yeah, he's just fucking there. <laughs> and it's just, but that's also it's creepy. Just, he's just there. It's just there. But, so, uh, but this time, but this time I caught him. Yes, good, good, good. So Renee has while she's walking around the house, she has piano music playing, and she takes the garbage out. <laughs> and when she takes the garbage out, the song switches to a really fucking creepy song that I have the name of in my trivia, but I can't think of what it is yet. And it switches to that song. And there's a beautiful shot of she it's, it's from inside the house and she's putting the garbage out and there's windows open into the living room. And she looks through the window and you can, she can see directly into her living room and she sees this boy that we've seen twice now, and he's dressed old school, 1800s, 1700s. That's how he's dressed. And he's dancing to this song like a little kid in the, li- in the living room. And she's just staring at him like, what the fuck? And then she moves to the next window and he's gone and the music's, the music's shut off. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Oh, so and weird. so she, she goes into the house 
and then he runs past her, runs runs behind her. And you're like, what? So she she tries to track him down. She tries to fall. At this point, I think she she grabs like a bat or something because she she, she thinks it's someone that's broken into a house because she didn't know she doesn't know this is a ghost, let alone a ghost from her previous ta- previous house. So she follows him into Dalton's room and then he jumps out of a fucking closet, <laughs> scares the shit out of you, and runs out of the room laughing. And she's just like, what? The-? She doesn't even try to follow him. She's just like, what the fuck? And it's the whole scene, the way that James filmed it, the way that Lee wrote it, this little boy that usually kids are not creepy. This kid's fucking creepy as shit. <laughs> but I love that scene. Tell me. Yeah, no, that no, that scene is very uncomfortable because, uh, you know, w- when we see her walk into the house and when he shows up and he starts dancing to that creepy music like Dean said, this scene was so uncomfortable because I kept waiting for something horrifying to happen. But the fact that nothing did, it just made me more frustrated because James did it again. He scared the shit out of he scared the shit out of me without showing me anything. He he mm. showed me nothing. And he made yeah. me and, and he made me terrified. What James what, does Oh sorry, go for it. Yeah, but yeah, but there's just there's just something about directors who know how to terrify the crap out of the audience without showing them anything. You know who you, you know, you know, a uh, Japanese horror directors know how to do that very, very well. Ja- yeah. Japanese and Korean horror directors are at the top of their game in horror. I think I prefer Korean horror. I know that that's like controversial, but I, I think that people are so obsessed with Japanese horror that they don't give Korean horror a chance, but I think that that's far superior. But that's just me. Don't lynch me for it. <laughs> but that's just me. No, 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 no. Nobody's going to lynch you for it. No, no, no. But what James Wan does so perfectly is he scares you when you're not expecting it, and he doesn't scare you when you are expecting it. <laughs> that's what mm-hmm. he does, and I love that. So, moving on, we're with Renee, Josh, and his mother, and they're seated. The mother is seated opposite Josh, and Renee's to the side. And um, they say that whatever his she Renee says, whatever was in the other house has followed us. And so now, just relax. I can see your, your blood pressure rising. Okay, I can feel it through the <laughs> thing. Even this conversation is bringing back. I know. Feelings stressing when I was you watching. Just, just <laughs> breathe into a paper bag. Okay, just just relax. Okay, just relax. exhale. Just exhale. Okay. So this is an actually this actually aside from what the scene is, it, it's an integral part of information that we need to know. So Josh's mum says she's there, she's there with them because she had a dream about this new house, and it was at night and everyone was asleep. And in this dream, she went into Dalton's room and saw a demon next to his bed and asked it who it was, and it said it was a visitor, and then asked it what it wanted. And it pointed to Dalton. And you see this. This isn't she's saying it. She's voicing over the scene that she's walking through um, the, the house at night. She sees this demon. But you only see the silhouette of the demon. And even the silhouette of the demon is creepy, right? At this point, you don't know what this looks like. And there's James uses these um uh it's it starts off as like a mid shot and then he tightens in so he tightens in on the mum talking he tightens in on renee even though renee's not really saying anything she's there and he tightens in on josh and when josh's mum has finished telling the story 
the shot goes because he's just switching back and forth. The shot goes to Josh. And when the shot goes to Josh, it is the most horrifying shot, I think, in cinema history because it's during the day, you're not expecting it, and this 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 demon is literally his fa- he's sitting behind him basically you can just see his face and it it is the most terrible you're not expect like just. i said james Wan does this thing where you're not Ugh. expecting it anything that happens during the day you're not expecting it and it's just this demon's face that's like screaming behind josh and then the mum stands up and she's like oh my god that's it that's the demon and nobody else saw it, it was behind josh and yeah, yeah, it's the most terrifying scene in cinema history, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. I was just, uh, you know, at that point, I was like, just fuck you. I had to, <laughs> just no lie, just no lie, just no lie. I had to stop watching this movie for an hour and a half. Really? I was like, you know what? Yeah, because I, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to like, I, I seriously, I had to go and have lunch for an hour. Wow. And then come back to this. Because I, I was like, you know what? Much. I was like. You know what? I was like, I was like, you know what? You know what, James and uh, Lee, I'm out for now. But I, I need a, I, I need a, I need a minute because you guys, because that shot, <laughs> it just terrified me because I'm like, <gasps> because you know, like Dean, like Dean said, you're watching the scene, you're, and, and and James Wan is just doing simple coverage. He's just doing simple, simple, simple coverage, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Uh-huh. And and when he pulls over to Josh. Like the the second you see that you see the demon behind Josh and like you're like I'm like holy fuck I seriously I was I was I was in my room and I I I said holy fuck so loud yeah that my grandfather who was in the other room came running is like he's like what's wrong with you and I'm like uh I don't know I'm just I'm just you know torturing myself what are you doing yeah. Um, but I, yeah. but, but but seriously, but seriously, that that moment when 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 James panned over to the kid and you see the demon right behind him, it's one of the it's one of the most scariest things I've ever I've ever seen. I'm like, no. Now imagine that, but in no. the cinema. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> which is what I experienced. Which is probably why I haven't seen this movie since it fucking came out. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. What did you? I said. What did you do? Um. I'm pretty sure I just I I I I I jumped out of my seat. I think, like not literally, but you know when you just jump, like you just like and like my heart rate just went up to like literally like 150 beats per minute, and I just just like I had so much anxiety (laughs) over that Uh, (laughs) because in the cinema it's so loud. We don't get to turn down the cinema to 10% fucking volume, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why am I here? Like, why I have seen so many movies, (laughs) horror movies in the cinema. And this was the first one that made me go, I don't know if I want to watch horror movies in the cinema anymore. I don't know if it's worth it. This scene made my heart go up like 250. I had to take a break because I couldn't take it anymore. No, and yeah. I, 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 walked out of, I walked out of the room. <laughs> I walked out of my room. And just real quickly, I walked out of my room. And my grandfather goes, are you okay? I go, and I go, I go, I put my hand up and I go, I need a minute. I'll be okay. <laughs> I just need a minute. Yeah. I said, actually, actually, I had I had no idea that this movie was gonna fuck me up so much. Yeah, I I mean, when you picked, I mean, it, I told you that I there mean, was a shot, like, unlike yeah. anything you've ever seen, and you were like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah okay, right. okay, yeah, I know this shot fucked me up, so it's definitely gonna fuck yeah. you up. 
Yeah, you were you were right. I should. I no, no. I, I thought, no, it's not that. It's not that I didn't believe you. It's like I, I, I was like, it can't be that bad. Yeah, but well, it was, exactly. oh, it was awful. Oh, it's, I know. It was awful. That's that's totally horrible. <laughs> but it's fantastic at the same time. Yeah, it's great. So it's after great. that, and after they, great. yeah, after they freak out, they hear, start hearing banging from Dalton's room. So they go in, and they see him on the floor, and everything looks. It looked like a, a, a tornado has ripped through there. And mm-hmm. then the mother says, um, uh, yeah, she knows someone that can help. So that's that's kind of the tail end to that scene. Yeah, look, at that point, I don't, at that point, I don't know why they're still in this house. But the fact that the mother knows somebody that can help, I was like, oh, I pretty know what's going to, I I had an idea what's, I had an idea of who she was going to get to help. but. I kind of didn't know, but mm. it, to 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 me, to me, it kind of came out of nowhere that she would know that she would know somebody who could help with this situation. Be- the reason why I say that mm. is because they just moved into this town. So how would she know somebody who was in this town who could help them? Well, she didn't say there was someone in this town. She said she knew someone that could help. And it does right. come back around later on in the story when she explains more about Josh. Right, right, right. So it does make sense. And it's funny, they haven't moved out because they just moved in. This is the new house. And they realized that it's not the house. They can move wherever they want. It's following them. It's them. It's following Dalton. Oh, no, yeah. No, it's following the kid. But, but, but by extension, it's following them because the Dalton yes, is with them. Yes, exactly. So they can't move. Moving will do nothing. So the next scene is we're introduced to Specs and Tucker. They're essentially ghost hunters and they go in. That is such a cool name. Yeah. They go in and inspect the house before their boss comes in, Elise. You do know that the character of Specs is Lee Wan L. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, um, okay. Uh, I just I wanted like, to be I, 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 but Seriously, seriously, when he popped up, I was so happy to see him. I was like, that's Lee Yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was so happy to see him because, listen, guys, it's not very often as screenplay writers – do cameos in their own movies, and I mm. get a kick out of it. He's a great actor. I don't know why he doesn't do more acting. They're scouting the house. They're trying to find out, is this place haunted? What's going on? So he's using like a makeshift device when he puts the camera up to his eyes and then he sees two creepy-ass women at the end of the hallway just smiling at him, and when he takes the camera down, they're not there. And he gets creeped the fuck out, and he runs into the living room, and he says, tell um, Specs to call Elise. So that's 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 the introduction of Specs and Tucker, which I thought that I, I loved them. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, no, the fact that the fact that you know paranormal uh, investigators come into this house and even they get scared, mm. that tells me that what whatever is following this family, this, this is, is some fucking creepy shit. Which mm. which we've already seen because we've 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 already talked about mm. possibly one of the most scariest scenes. In horror history, yeah. so the fact that so, so, so the fact that they run through this house looking for any signs, mm. and they see two creepy women at the end of the hallway, yeah. smiling is part of the course of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So now we get an introduction to Lu- uh, Louise Elise, uh, who is played by the amazing Lynn Shay. If you don't know who Lynn Shay is, uh, look her up. She is basically a horror icon. She's been in a lot of classic horror movies. She's anything she's in, I fucking love. She does a lot of horror and she just she's just fantastic. And she knows Josh. She says, Oh, nice to see you again. And Josh is like, 
what? Do I know you? Like, and that's when, and that's a little bit of precursor. Like, oh, she knows him. How does she know him? But it'll come around later. So she goes into Dalton's room and he's, he's in the coma. He's in the hospital bed. And I love this scene. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. I love it so much. Oh, I'm so weird. So she looks at the fan above him and she calls over specs and she says, get your, get your um, pen and, and paper out and draw what I'm saying. And so she's looking directly at the fan. And, and James does these shots where we're seeing the fan, but we're not seeing anything. And you think because the, the shots keep going from Elise to the fan, from Elise to the fan, we're like, oh, God, there's going to be some creepy shit here. It's going to be some creepy shit sitting on the fan, but nope. it never happens. Nope. That's what I mean. So Elise is describing this thing that she's seeing, but we can't actually hear what she's saying. She's kind of mumbling. And you can see specs like, furiously like sketching and she's and you're like wait a minute are you are we supposed to hear what she's saying can't you can't hear what she's saying can't see what she's seeing and then renee looks at the drawing and it's like of this black demon with red eyes that's in the corner of the ceiling above dalton's bed and it's like oh and we still can't see it it's only elise that can see it and i love the way that james um did that so go for it what it is, it's it's misdirection, yes. and it's and, and actually it's anticipation for something really, really, really fucked up to happen. Yeah. But the fact that it doesn't happen is great, and it also shows us that this woman hmm. has has this power to see the e- evilness. Yes, which is which is really which is really interesting. Hmm. She's like kind of she's like kind of uh, like John like uh, she's. So, uh, well, she's like John Constantine. Like she's a oh yeah, she's a demon whisperer. She's basically. like Lorraine Lorraine Warren from um, The Conjuring. Elise tells them it's not the house that's haunted; it's Dalton. She says his body is here, but his soul is not. And then Elise, Interesting. and then I was like, oh, and you know what? I mean, I love, I love this shit. And so Elise talks about astral projection, or she. Oh my god. Well- yeah, go for it. Go, go, go. Just really quick. Yeah. When I, when 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 she started talking about astral possession, uh, astral projection, I was like, Dean's gonna love this. <laughs> That's why I like it. I connect with it so strongly. So she talks about astral projection, but she calls them travelers, and she says it's people with the ability to travel to different places in astral form. And Dalton has this ability. And he's been doing it for years, but he thinks they're just dreams. But this time he's traveled too far to become lost in a place called the Further, a dark realm filled with the tortured souls of the dead. And that's great. Oh my God. Like I'm getting goosebumps reading it to you. It's such a good story. It's so good. And that is so good. And she says, This is why there's ghosts and demons around him. They want to inhabit Dalton's body. And Josh, Josh, the dad, he doesn't believe it. He's just like, yeah, you know what? Go away. This is bullshit. Like, I'll sort it out. And Elise goes, well, I'm sorry you don't believe me. And, you know, How she How is he going to sort it out? Look, again, from your atheist perspective, if somebody came into your house and told you that about your kid, what are you going to do? You, do you believe them or do you tell them to get the fuck out? No, but the, no, but the other – no, but there's – listen, there's a point where – you have to make a decision and you have to decide. You, there's a point where you have to find 
and where you have to find any plausible answers that you can find. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or not, but if somebody is giving you at least something to figure out this weird behavior, you have to go with somebody's explanation of events, no matter how outlandish they seem, right? That's true. But remember, Josh has not experienced anything. He hasn't hasn't seen anything. It's Renee that's that's seen it. It's his mom. That's true. So he just thinks it's fucking stress. So Yeah, yeah. that is true. That is true. So, and I, I just love that. That this is this is the storyline of the whole movie, and I love it. I think it's so unique and so scary, but also kind of plausible if you're in my belief system. That it's just I don't know. I just connect with it a lot. No, actually, no. But actually, that's that's what makes it really uh, uncomfortable because people in your belief, uh, uh, pe- uh, people in your belief system, yeah. would would find this plausible, right? Yeah. And yep. that's, what, that's what makes it more uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah, it does. So Josh is sitting next to Dalton's bed and he's asking for a sign. Please give me a sign. I don't know what to do. And then he hears one of Dalton's drawings. Dalton's got about 10 crayon drawings on the wall. He hears one of his drawings fall to the floor. And Josh walks over. <clears throat> Josh walks over to to the drawings and he sees that one of the drawings on the wall says it's got a picture of Dalton's drawn himself as like a superhero. And it says, last night I watched myself sleep and then I flew away. And another one is of a red door. And then Josh realizes, he starts crying. He realizes Elise was right just by him saying, last night I watched myself sleep and then I flew away, which is exactly what Elise says happens to him but he thinks it's a dream so that's what makes josh and i like that scene because it's directly after the scene where he tells them to get out and lee one now has wasted no time because you know in movies where somebody doesn't believe someone and then it's like three or four scenes before they believe it and it's like oh god what a waste of time (laughs) this scene gets to the crux gets to it and gets the movie fucking going yeah, I yeah, I really really appreciate the scene because of what Dean just said. Because after the father kicks out Elise because he doesn't believe what she has said, in the very next scene, the father is given actual proof that what the woman just said and what his son is going through is actually happening, and it is so so well done and it is so so crafted by Lee Winnell. Uh, Elise is back. Josh has called her back. And she sets up all her equipment and they're sitting around a table and she puts this gas mask on and what? it's, it's really weird. It's got like a long trunk and it's connected. This? It's connected to, to specs, which is Lee one Um, He's got headphones on. And so he yeah. says, this is basically her going into a meditative state, trying to find oh Dalton. And the only way she can do it is um, by it's kind of sensory deprivation and yep. kind of lack of oxygen to make you go into that that place. So I, I do understand why they did that. That's not like a nothing burger. I do get that. And Lee Wanell of Specs says any I, I can hear everything Elise is saying. So I will translate I will translate everything that she's saying. So they're sitting around a table. Elise so sorry, Specs is speaking for Elise and he starts to say uh he can what well, fucking notes. <laughs> I wrote so much for this scene. I cannot believe it. 
That's okay. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. All right. Um, okay, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm here, I'm back, I'm back, I'm fucking back. So she begins to speak for Dalton. And he says, Dalton says, he can't make a noise because the man with fire will hear. There's no way out. They'll hear, There's no way out. And Elise says, no, I hear you. Follow my voice, follow my voice. And... Dalton, she comes through as Dalton again, or Specs is translating, saying, no, 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 just be quiet. They're going to hear you. They're going to hear you. And she's like, nobody's going to hear me. Follow my voice. You need to come back to basically your body. And then Specs starts saying, they heard you. They heard you. Help, 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 help. They heard you. And now something else comes through Elise. It's not uh, nice. <laughs> and it starts saying, you bitch, you whore, I will rip your innards out and eat them. And it's like, oh, no, now she's channeling oh, something that's not nice. So, and now, because the lights keep flickering on and off, when the lights flicker off, then on, Dalton is standing at the table. And you're like, holy fuck. And he, like, tips the table over. He's, everything starts going, like, there's a fucking wind machine going on. He starts basically, like pummeling everybody and throwing people across the room and the ghosts are like coming out to play basically because what Elise has done is by going into that realm because she's still alive she's left a door open and the door open is allowing all these ghosts from the further to to come in so Elise grabs Dalton she takes the mask off she grabs Dalton and she tells him whatever is in his body you have to leave now you have to leave now and then everything calms down and Dalton goes back into he just drops back into a coma and that was a pretty hefty scene wow um this was actually my favorite scene in the movie because I really like you know why I'll tell you why I really like the way that she actually goes in she actually goes into uh into the 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 realm mm-hmm. where the spirits are mm-hmm. and i really like the the way that they use a gas mask yeah because it really it it really reminds me of sensory desperation and it really reminds me of 11 going into the upside down oh yeah because when 11 goes in just real quick when 11 goes into the upside down she has to basically get into a pool. Yes. Yeah. And she has to and she has to she has to submerge her body into the pool before she can go into the upside down. So I really found a connection between that and putting the one of the cool ass gas mask on the kid. Yeah. And I, I was I was really on pins and needles mm. when Lee Winnell or his character was sort of relaying what Elise was saying mm. when she was in that realm. And I was really hoping that she was going to be able to pull the kid back. Yeah. But I was thinking to myself, there's no way that she's going to be able to pull this kid back yeah. without bringing something else out with her. Mm-hmm. And what she brought out with her was really cool. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it, was, it was really disturbing as hell, but it was really cool. A bit later, Tucker is showing Spec the video because he shot the whole thing. You can, he's in the background shooting it. He shows Tucker the video he shot of of um dalton when he's like going crazy and lifting the table and pushing people and this is so fucking creepy as if the creepiness couldn't get any worse it does it gets far worse i think and he slows it down frame by frame and you can see the fire demon 
that was sitting behind Josh is using Dalton's body as basically a puppet, making his uh, arms like he's just he's he's in a coma, right? That was cool. He's making his arms swing. He's making his legs jump, and I'm like, that was is that not so. Cool? It was so cool, but it was so fucked. No, but actually, no, but wait, I completely agree. That was so uncomfortable and that was so fucked, but it was so cool because because you see the, the guy and you see the fire demon like with a puppet. It's like, do this, do this, oh, do so this. So it was so cool. It's so cool, but it's so creepy. So Elise calls Josh's mom and she tells him Dalton's ability is past down from him and to josh and when he was a boy he had night terrors that she thought nothing of until what um josh kept saying and what was showing up in photographs and she gets the photographs out and she shows josh and it's so creepy it's so creepy in all the photographs of Josh as a boy, there's this creepy old woman that looks like a bride oh. in the background oh. of all the photos. And you're like, what? And this is the creepy bride from the beginning. And now you're starting to put the pieces together that the opening shot was actually Josh as a boy. Oh, that's, fu- that's fucked up. And it was so fucked that's up. Just, that's just fucked up. And I just, it's so, just, I know. That's too much. It's too much. It's too I much. Know. I know. Oh. So Elise said that she suppressed his ability to travel. So the bride couldn't get through. Really? Couldn't couldn't use his body. I found, you know what? You know what? I found that to be so interesting. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense why when she introduced herself, she did not know who she was. Yes. Because, because by, because by her suppressing his memories, he wouldn't know. But, 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 but that, but that is such a cool little crux that Lee added the, at the very end. And it's, it's really cool how he brings everything back around in the most creepiest way possible. Yeah, exactly. And so Elise tells Josh he's the only one that can go into the further and say and bring Dalton back. And you're like, oh, uh-huh. this just added, like you said, another fucking layer to the movie. That is so cool. Because it's true. He's the only one. If it, so what she's going to do is she's going to release, she's going to, she's going to take away that blockade that she put in with Josh and then that's the next thing. All right, so Elise Elise puts Josh into a meditative state and she's like, go down, listen to my voice, you know, all the regular shit. And Josh gets out of his chair and he's like, you know what, I can't do it, this is stupid. And then he turns around and sees himself sitting in the chair and it's like, ooh, okay, so he's there and I love how James shot that because you just, you think nothing of it until he sees himself. And Elise knows he's done it and she tells him, now you're outside, let my voice be your guide, keep a steady stride into the further you go. And I'm getting goosebumps, it's so creepy. And then she just like yep. disappears and he's in the house with nobody. And he's like, okay, this is, this is, it's like the upside down, basically. Now we're in the further. We have to realize this movie made on a $30, 40000000 million budget, the further could have been really cool. And I think that with the budget that they have, which I've got in my trivia, which I won't say now, with the budget that they had for this movie, I think that they did the best job that they could. And I still found it creepy. I think that they found a way to make it creepy without needing to use special effects. So 
Did you think that before I go into the next thing? What did you think about the actual further when he went into it? It was it was really really cool. Like mm. it was just it was just so it was like it was like something of this world, but not yeah quite yes. Um, it, but to be honest, it 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 um to be honest, but the when he steps into the further, all I could think was all I could think was this is way better than the upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I, but I, I, I do agree with you 100% that yeah. I wish they had a little bit more, I wish they had a little bit more money so they could have really mm. done a, 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 a amazing job on the further. Yeah. Like stranger things. Cause they had a budget. So Josh has a lamp and everything is foggy around him, foggy and pitch black. So you can only see like half a foot in front of him, which is creepy enough. And we see he's outside his house. And so he's like, all right, so he enters and there's lots, there's basically lots of creepy ghosts in his house, but the creepiest is the 1940s family. (laughs) That's just, three of them are sitting down, one of them's ironing and they're just, the makeup is phenomenal on these people because they look like the creepiest 1940s family I've ever seen. And then there's another family member that comes in with a shotgun and shoots them, and then they all start smiling, and it's like, oh. oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, this movie that is getting creepier and creepier. That is not, no. I mean, that that bullshit, I, I was like, fuck that. That's, that's not necessary. That's fucked up. <laughs> so Josh goes upstairs, he enters the attic, and he sees a red door, like the drawing that Dalton did. And he enters. And tell me what you think before I tell you what's behind the red door. No, I mean, I mean, I wish, I wish like, I I, I wish that Dalton, I wish that his father, I keep forgetting his name. I wish that his father sort of, Josh, thank you. I wish that Josh, when he stepped into the further, I wish that he dealt with stuff from his past to show us a little bit more of his connection to the place. And I wish that I wish that you know th- that's my only wish. But also, um, I think I think the smoke all around him and him holding that lamp that was creepy too. I like the family, um, the, the 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 old family with the creepy makeup and the <laughs> and the shotgun. I thought was creepy as too. But to be honest, when he came out to the door, I had no idea what to expect when he opened the the, the door. I really, I. I I had no idea. I was like, at that point, I was like, just, just, just fucking go get him, so we can get out of here, so I can rest. Let this movie be over, please, God. Yeah, <laughs> Let yeah. This finish I was, no, but seriously, 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 seriously. I was I was so happy that I was watching this boy, but you're right. I was like, for God's <laughs> sake, <end. laughs> Ed, Ed, please. So Josh enters the red door and finds Dalton crying, and he's chained to the floor and he's like, don't worry, Dalton, I'm going to get you out of here. And then that creepy song that the kid was listening to starts playing and Dalton looks up and in the corner, in the upper corner of the room, there's a, there's another room and there's a, like a window and that, that, that (laughs) the song's playing Mm -hmm. and we see the fire demon that was behind Josh, the creepy one, sharpening his claws, listening to that creepy fucking song. (laughs) That's cool. It was so cool. (laughs) And then Josh unlocks Dalton's chain. It's like Freddy Krueger. It's like Freddy Krueger, exactly. 
unlocks Dalton's chains, then sees the demon looking straight at him from behind the window. And you're like, oh, no. You- so he grabs Dalton and rushes out. Uh, but now he's lost in the fog and he's surrounded by ghosts. And I love how James shot this because he, he does these beautiful shots from above that just show how encased in, in, in Josh and Dalton is. They're literally surrounded. There's, this, there's a fog. There's darkness and then you just see all these hands like reaching out all these like and you're like how the fuck are they going to like get out of it? It's just it's beautiful shots. He he uses tight shots as well to show like um what's the word like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like constriction and like what's, what's oh, that? Um, what's um, that word? Oh um to show Well you don't like show, small spaces. Um, what's that word? To show uh, claustrophobia. Yes, yes, he uses claustrophobic shots. And yes. Exactly. So now so he's lost. So Renee yells out from the real world. She yells out to follow her voice, and he does. And then everything goes quiet. And then the ghosts start popping up in the actual house where they are, in in like the actual waking world. And Elise says they're crossing over into our world. And it's like, oh no. So not only do they have to do they have to get Dalton and Josh back, they have to deal with these ghosts that are now entering their world and josh makes it back to the house dalton runs to his body gets back into his body josh is confronted by the creepy ghost woman the bride the black bride until he tells her basically to fuck off i don't want you anywhere near me fuck off fuck off fuck off and then he wakes up in his chair and all the ghosts disappear and dalton is also awake so what did you think about the escape scene yeah, no, 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 no. The escape, the escape scene was wonderful. I really, really love the scene when you see the 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 fire demon guy sharpening his claws and shit. <laughs> yeah. But also, also one of my favorite moments of the, of the scene is when you see them, when you see them in in the further and like you said, John uh, James Wan uses uses the shot from above to show how isolated mm. and to show how and to show how tightly packed in they are and you see all the hands coming in and stuff like that yeah but also also but also i think that i think that it was a really cool idea to show the the ghost from the further popping up in the real world but i wouldn't mm. have, i wouldn't have done that okay i would have just have i would have just had the father get the son out of the out of the further and then to have them just come out and just to have them relax for a couple of minutes yeah and not yeah. have to deal with that problem yeah yeah because because i thought that, i thought that that was lee winnell and james reaching for an action scene that mm. didn't have to be there yeah it was just pumping up the action a little bit i i under look i understand everything that happened in the further but i don't like the fact that the ghost came out into our real world because that told that told me that they would have to deal with them in the real world and i was like no, that would take a little yeah. bit away from that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, look! It didn't happen, but I thought that that I thought that that choice mm. was, was took away something from from yeah. from the scene. Yeah, because it could have been because it could have been a really touching moment, though. Yeah, yeah. So but it's but it's just one more thing, especially yeah. when they got out. Yes, yes, yeah. So now we're at the final scene of the movie, which I love. Oh, thank God. <laughs> So Elise is packing up her stuff and she's speaking to Josh when she just suddenly stops and looks at him and you know something's wrong 
Like she's just like, mm, and you're just like, oh my god, really? What? What the? We're at the end of the movie. Like, what the fuck is the problem? No, can we not just have a nice ending? But no, we're watching Insidious. This does not have a nice ending. Well, it does, but it doesn't. So she's staring at him, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And she's like, "Oh, um, nothing." So she grabs her camera, and she takes a photo of him, and he gets irate. She gets fucking pissed. How dare you take a photo of me? You know I don't like that. Snatches the camera, throws the camera, and just flips out and strangles her to death. And you're just like, what the fuck is going oh on? My gosh. And then Renee comes in, finds finds Elise, is yelling for Josh. What the fuck? Where is Josh? Why is Elise dead? And then she finds the camera. She picks up the camera and her face is just like, oh, my God. And we see the photo that Elise took of Josh. It's actually the old creepy bride. Oh, so when, so he actually didn't come back. The bride came back in place of him. Oh, my God. And Josh, while she's looking at the photo, Josh puts his hand on Renee's shoulder and she kind of turns and that's the end. Oh, the that's end. fucked up. But that's fucked up. That's the end. But if you want to know what happens, Insidious Chapter 2 finishes off, continues the story and finishes off the story. My favorite part of all the shows that we do, would you like to go to your trivia now? Okay, so this movie, this is going to surprise you, was shot in three weeks. <laughs> no way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is, that, is, that is remarkably efficient. Isn't it? Uh, the movie yeah. was originally named The Further. No, I like Insidious. Insidious is good. The Further, that would have been good too, though. I don't have any issues no, but, with that. No, but, no, but Insidious... I think I think the further is like, what the fuck is the further? But Insidious is a really poppy title. I have a feeling Lee Wan. I, don't quote me on this. I don't know if this is true. It's probably just making shit up. I have a feeling that Lee Wan now called it the further, but upon I, I reckon the studio made him change it. I reckon they were like, no, we no, need but, something that pops, and he was like, oh, no, okay, because that's something that the studio would do. Yeah, but the thing is, what does Insidious mean? The further makes more sense um no insidious bad evil insidious bad, if you do something insidious evil, e- so like i get i get the title but i think the further mm. would have been equally i i wouldn't have an issue with that because that's more okay. creepy paranormal ish um right ethan ish yeah ethan hawk turned down the role of josh wow but it's funny because a few years later he took on the role of the father yep. from in sinister so maybe he just wasn't ready yeah. to do it i don't know <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look, um, a lot of uh, a lot of movies on paper, you really can't get a read on them until you actually see some footage or you speak to the people that are going to do the movie. But a lot of scripts on paper, they just don't seem to be uh, that intriguing. Unfortunately, maybe he read the script and maybe he was like, eh, I just I just can't see myself in this movie. Look, it's really difficult to write a horror script that scares people yeah. because reading reading it is not scary. I've read so yeah. many horror scripts and I'm like, fuck, this isn't scary, but the movie's scary. So I think yeah. it just takes a kind a certain kind of person to actually visually see it and go, okay, that could be scary on screen. But usually mm-hmm. horror scripts are not actually scary to read. Mm. So the creepy song that the boy was listening, the little 1700s boy was listening to, is from yeah. 1968. And it's called Tiptoe Through the Tulips by Tiny Tim. 
So if anybody wants to YouTube that, I will not be doing oh. it because fuck that song. <laughs> oh, I'm going to play it now. Oh, God. I don't no, even know how they found that song. Fucking hell. Like, I want to no. talk to Lee one and say, please tell me who the fuck found that song. It's the creepiest song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Somebody no, would have actually, found it. I, no, but actually, you know what? Actually, I really, really want to hear that song now and have nightmares. No, I'm kidding. No, but you know what? You're not. You'll probably go listen to it after this. You'll probably fucking turn it up stereo sound. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm go go, no, I'm not. No, I'm probably. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm probably. I'm probably gonna listen to it for a couple minutes and then get creeped out. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my last trivia is the budget, which I touched on before, one point five million. Oh. One wow. point. That's folks. Just in case that's, you think, wow, that's massive, it's not. No. It's not. fucking they made Saw for one million. And they made this oh, for wow. five hundred grand more. Horror movies, like if you're looking at if you're looking at big budget horror movie, 20, 20 million. Easy. Fucking easy. Twenty million. Yeah. 1.5 million is fucking nothing, which is why the further they had to film it, how they filmed it. But it it took in a hundred million dollars at the box office. <laughs> yeah, it 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 it, uh, it 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 more than doubled his budget. So it quadrupled it, one hundred million from yeah. one point point five million. It was like quadruple times infinity. <laughs> but that's it. That's yeah. my trivia, folks. That's it. That's the end of my season three trivia. Yeah. Well, um, with that, um, I will just say to the to to the people who have been listening to us from week one to 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 the to the diehard people that have been listening to us. Uh, uh, since the start of the season, I just want to say thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for my beloved co-host Dean Stark. Um, your continued support means so much to means so much to us, and thank you for giving us the best numbers that we've ever had in the show's history so far. So you guys are awesome and amazing, and uh, we can't wait to talk to you about more uh, amazing movies in the in in, uh, in the future. And with that. If uh, if you guys are wondering, the show has been renewed for a uh, for uh, for a new season. So I love how you say season, that. I love how you say it's renewed. Like we're, we're like we're sitting here with bated breath, going "fuck, are we gonna get renewed?" Like we're just waiting for the email from the executive saying renewed or cancelled, <laughs> renewed or cancelled. It's literally up yeah, to well, us yeah. if we want to keep talking about this shit. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 I mean, but 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 I'm doing it for the audience because the audience is the audience is not us. Um, no, I know. Oh, but so, there's one thing I want to add that I keep forgetting sure. to say every fucking week. Yeah. If you want to subscribe to us, <laughs> please fucking yes. subscribe. I always forget to say that. Um, YouTube, please subscribe. Spotify, podcast, please subscribe to us. You would really be helping us out. Um, if you want to yeah. like. The, the video that you're watching if you're watching it on youtube that would really help us out too if you enjoy what you're listening to if you don't you don't have to like it uh, but please consider subscribing to us because we love you guys and we do it for you yes we do and uh listen guys if you want to recommend any movies uh that we talk about in the future uh unless they're musicals because if they're musicals we're not going to do that <laughs> um but if you want to send us any messages whatsoever uh, you can reach out to us uh, by emailing us at um, the mixtape pod at AOL.com. But um, until next season, for my fellow co-host, Dean Stark, I will simply say, if 
someone is kind enough to ever make you a mixtape one day, that must truly mean that they love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.